So for you managers showing up every single day, giving it your all, feeling unappreciated, feeling like you're just hitting a frustration wall, the age-old question, is everything the manager's fault? And the short answer is, well, yes, it is. You're in charge. But how is that fair to you? I mean, we, we often misconstrue the fact that managers are people too, and they come with the best intentions, I hope. And there certainly are some managers out there that shouldn't be. But the overwhelming majority want to come in and make a difference, make a change, affect somebody's life and all of that. But there's so many frustrations involved in not being able to get your team where you want it to be. So we're going to break all that down and kind of clarify some things you can do pretty quickly to get some really good results this week coming up right now. You found the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast, where we talk about all things leadership because leadership isn't just what you do, it's who you are. So we help to make you a better leader, help keep your sanity, and make your team better so you make more money. So every week we talk about a different topic that helps you do all those things. So hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Tell all your colleagues and friends, and let's get a discussion going on how we can grow together as better leaders. Welcome back, everybody, from across America, around the world, to the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. So an often mis, I don't want to say misunderstood or misconstrued thing is managers are people too, meaning emotions affect us, feelings affect us, and things like that. But we're in charge of a group of people. We aren't the same as the people right on the execution level. There are different expectations of us, and that can lead to a lot of frustrations, a lot of loneliness, a lot of misunderstanding. And there's some things that really kind of creep up, some real good commonalities that really make us feel overwhelmed, frustrated, feel like we're not getting anywhere. And what can you do about that? So I'm going to talk to you about some frustrations you may be feeling right now, which are 100% natural, and give you five things to really work on that you can do this week. Things that are not super complicated, not very time consuming. And here's, here's the pivot point. When you realize as a manager, all these things, quote unquote, soft skills that you need to be doing, you need to be doing while you're managing. In other words, it can't be an additional assignment because then a couple of things going on there. You're looking at it like it's more work to do, which it shouldn't be. It should be how you get stuff done. So once you start integrating that, it'll make a lot more sense because on the front end, as I'm talking about this, you're thinking, when the heck am I going to get all this stuff done? When am I going to take the time? And when you really start integrating it into how you operate, you'll have a much clearer picture on where you can do that, where you can make little little investments here and there and how to help people and really start to grow your team and start to really reduce a lot of those frustrations you're having. So first, I want to share with you uh, parts of a, of, a, of a quick article, and I will link this in the show notes so you can find it. This is from mbachick.com, talking about four lessons managers wish they knew before they were managers. First thing, to effective effectively communicate and communicate clearly. A survey conducted found that 69% of managers are often uncomfortable communicating with employees and 37% admit they're uncomfortable having to give direct feedback. And there's not, if you really think about it, whether it's college or not even college, it could be anything, any kind of training. When did you do communication training? It's a very, very rare thing 
that just doesn't really occur. You, you don't really learn how to communicate. You learn how to give direction, maybe, but you don't really learn how to communicate as a human being. So that is number one. Um, the one acknowledgement nobody likes to say, particularly if they're hiring you or promoting you, is it can be lonely at the top. And you don't have to be a CEO to be at the quote unquote top. You can just be leading one team, one department, one retail unit, whatever it is. When you're that decision maker, you're that person, you have to live a little bit differently. You can't just commiserate with everybody. It's a different thing or you're really not leading them. If you're quote unquote, one of the guys and I don't, you know, or one of the girls, however you want to look at it, you're not really leading them like a leader. It's just a different level. And that, that means a lot of times people don't share stuff with you that they normally would. A lot of times people don't, um, you know, tell you what's going on uh, in their lives uh, because they know you're the one writing their evaluation later. And that could be very challenging in how you connect with people. And then you start finding yourself being kind of on your own. Another thing is really trusting your team as kind of a newer manager, but a lot of managers throughout their whole careers go never really trusting their team, never wanting to delegate, never wanting to help others grow because they feel threatened. If they grow, then somehow that's a reflection on them that maybe this other person's a better leader than them. And you know what? They probably will be someday. If you work with enough people, there's bound to be somebody on your team that is going to be better than you in your role. And you should be okay with that. And then the last thing is good leaders listen. And you think about the, the first point about communication. Well, that's a two-way street. It's not just about, have I given direction? Do you clearly understand it? You know exactly what I mean by what I say. But the reverse is also true that your people just want to know that they're being heard. And certainly you cannot uh, you know, appease them with everything. You cannot give them everything they want. That wouldn't even make sense. And you wouldn't be in charge if you did. They would be in charge. But they, they do want to be heard. And that because that's where a lot of other things start to, to fall into place, like recognition or, or giving somebody accolades they should have or, or, or finding out about a problem you didn't even know you had. And then the next thing you know, there it is. So those are just a couple of things. And again, I'll, I'll link that in the show notes for you so you can, you can read the article. It's really cool. It's mbachick.com. So when you think about being, a, being the manager, being the leader, because you, you got a dual purpose, really, when you think about it, is that you got to develop people on your team, but you got to execute. You got to get stuff done. There is, for all this talk, like if you scroll through LinkedIn or you hang out with people in the area of leadership and all that, that's it's all you hear and that's all you think. But at the end of the day, you have to get things done and, and achieve goals and, and all of that. And if you can't do that, that's a problem. The, the thing is, being a manager, you got to do that through other people. And again, how you integrate that can really do it. So really, there's like top five frustrations you're going to have as a leader, even, even when you're pretty good at it. These are still some things that pop up all the time and how you address them really can help you. So let's go through the five Five things that really frustrate managers. Number one, lack of clear communication. 
So, you know, one of the primary reasons for frustration is people just don't get it. They don't understand and, but they get it from you. Is it concise? Is it effective? And what does that even mean? If instructions or expectations are not clearly articulated, team members may not understand what is expected of them. Well, no kidding, but I'll never forget this one training class where the trainer, and you may have been through this one, where they simply said, write down instructions to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then after everybody turned it in, they picked a couple of them and made it exactly how it was written. And you, you know, you think, hey, you get slices of bread, you get jelly, you get peanut butter, you get a knife or two knives if you don't like to mix them. And you, you know, put peanut butter on one side, jelly on the other, slap it together, and there you go. But people sometimes wouldn't put down, get the knife or how much or whatever. They put their whole hand in the peanut butter jar, throw it on the bread. It, it just, it was, it was, it got kind of silly, but at the same time, with the lack of clear communication of what they really need to do can really affect stuff. And then, you know, especially if you think as a leader, you've done your homework, you've had the meetings, you've had the one-on-ones, and then a couple of days, a couple of weeks later, this person's working on whatever you asked them to work on, and it is completely different of what it was, which leads to number two, mismatched expectations. You know, sometimes as managers, we have expectations that are way too high or not clearly aligned with the team's capabilities. It's just stuff you want to get done. Or, you know, you think in our level of thinking that everybody on the team is going to have that. And that's not necessarily true or even think about that kind of stuff because you're thinking more globally where somebody on the team is just like, Hey, I'm just here in my lane doing my thing. And that's that. And that's how a, a huge mismatch can occur and then lead to frustrations to you, the rest of the team, the team members start feeling like they're failing. And it's really through no fault of their own. It's it's because this is different than communicating. This is the part where this is kind of in your skull, in your brain that, hey, I said this, this is kind of what I expect and I don't see it happening. So they just don't get it. They don't understand. They don't know what they're doing. And it really isn't that. It's really a picture in your brain or, or, you know, when I've worked in some areas where, um, it was a creative thing, uh, they, they brought in a proposal, they wanted a proposal made and they would kind of just explain what it should look like. And of course, another person's making it, it wouldn't make sense. Or let's say you're doing, um, cake decorating and instead of a specific design where there's a picture you're both looking at, and you're saying, I'm going to make this. Instead, you say, hey, I want a princess on it. I want some clouds. I want this. I want that. And then you make it and everything is completely wrong because there's no way you can get in somebody's head over what you think should be done. And a lot of times managers, one of our, our, our drawbacks and faults is that to us, it might have been something we've done a zillion times. And now this team member is doing it for maybe the third or fourth time. And we just are like, well, duh, this is how it should happen. And it often doesn't. Another big frustration is insufficient training or resources. So here you are in your company. They're really, especially when budgets get tight, this typically tends to be the area where companies cut back quite a bit is training, developing, offering resources, things like that of how can people get better. And the other part of that is, 
your team is it part of their 40-hour work week can you really sit there and tell them hey um you know we want you to learn all this stuff and whether it's some training course or reading a book or whatever it is do you have to pay them to do that because i've seen both sides of that if you're now obviously if you're doing something in your company that requires a certain thing to be done and you need training on a, on a piece of equipment a piece of machine well yeah you got to pay them to learn that but when you're talking about things about how they can help lead the team, lead other people, be better at, at certain things like communicating, stuff like that. And you say, hey, here's some books you can read or something like that. A lot of times people say, well, you're not paying me to read these. You're telling me to do this on my own. So this is where it gets critical. Like I was telling you that you have to figure out a way to kind of integrate some of your training and developing while you're working. Like, hey, this is a great example of this. And you can point it out. So that's, you may have to get a little crafty that way, but certainly, I mean, just good Lord, with all the resources all over the internet, it's free. It's everywhere. It's in YouTube. It's Google. It's, it's podcasts like this one. It's, it's all over the place that you can help them find resources to do, but it can be really frustrating because, you know, managers, who assume their team is fully equipped to handle a task might not be. And how do you solve that problem? Because that can be a very detrimental thing. Lack of engagement or motivation. If team members are not engaged with their work or lack of motivation, they certainly aren't going to follow directions as diligently. When you think about somebody's on their game or whatever, they just, they're more crisp. They're more on it you know that feeling. And when there is a lot of lack of engagement or motivation, and that keyword to me is interesting because I honestly don't know that you can motivate somebody like, truly. Like, like you can in, in a very short term, uh, maybe that morning, tell an inspiring story or something. But like long term, did you like, can you really change their daily habits, their daily behaviors? No. What you can do is provide an environment that does that. But when you're not engaging, that, that's probably more of a keyword because motivating the, you got to hire motivated people and then give them the right workspace. But the lack of engagement part is something that definitely can turn it off. It can definitely come from the fact that they just feel totally disconnected from the company's vision, feeling undervalued or lack of interest. And this is certainly not anything new that you're hearing, but again, these are the main frustrations that if you start addressing these, you can make a lot of headway. And the last one, inadequate feedback or recognition. You know, managers don't provide regular constructive feedback. I always love this one story when it comes to recognition. So when you think about a toddler taking its first steps. When you really think about it, what did the kid do? The kid, the kid you know, you're developing your muscles. So they barely climbed up on the couch just to stand up and they're wobbling and this and that. And they might've put one foot out there and just kind of wobbled and the other one and then bam, they're back on the ground, right? But what do the parents do? They freak out, they get the camera, they prop the kid up, do it again. You know, they're calling everybody. Oh, Billy just walked. Blah, blah. Billy didn't walk anywhere. He took one or two steps tops and fell his fat butt down. But 
you celebrated that because you know it's a pivotal point in their development, right? Now, I'm not saying every time you know, somebody in your team does something at all or does something great, um, you're going to get the camera and tell everybody. But there are some moments for that. And certainly, you know, recognition could be as, as so simple as uh, let's let's say um, let's say you got a, a sales call or not a sales call thing, but like a customer service call center. This is an example. And, or or maybe you've heard somebody on the phone with a client or maybe they're face to face with a customer. If you have a retail store, whatever. And you heard the interaction between the, the person and the client or hey, maybe it's between two team members. Maybe it was they help somebody do something they couldn't normally do. And you heard that within three to five seconds, you can provide super impactful recognition because you can just walk right up to them. Nobody else needs to even hear you. You can just kind of lean over and say, hey, man, I heard what you said there. That was perfect. Keep doing that. Thank you. It could be that simple. Now, there's other things, major things that maybe you do want to get the camera out. You do want to call all the relatives and the neighbors and say, look, look at what Billy did. And that's fine. But you got to have something like that. And it's not as hard as you think, because a lot of, again, what we're talking about is you still have to get stuff done. You got to hit metrics, hit goals and all that kind of stuff. And here I am telling you, oh, by the way, do all this other stuff. And that's the, I know as soon as I start talking about it, that's exactly what you're talking about. But addressing these issues involves working with managers to enhance their communication skills, you set real expectations, get some proper training and resources, and engage and motivate your team. And if you don't provide feedback, as the uh, great Ken Blanchard said, feedback is the breakfast of champions. It's like, how on earth does your team even know where they're going? Because when you're not doing any of these things, let alone the frustration, but you are literally paying your people to guess what to do or how to respond or what questions to ask or how to deal with each other. I mean, think about that. You're literally paying them to guess. And if we were to sit in a room and talk about you and your team and what you're going to do and all that kind of stuff, and we started talking like that, that you're going to pay your people to guess, you think we were crazy. And it would make no sense. But when you're not clear on a lot of these things, that's exactly what you're doing. And it leads to a lot of frustration because nobody's on the same page. And, hey, you should have turned left, but they turned right. All that stuff. It's just, it just tears everything apart. So what you really need to do is a couple simple little things. And if, you know, if you're running when you're listening to this or driving, please, when you get a second to pull over, or stop running or whatever, just, just take some notes on this section, like write a few things down. So things you can do this week that will really enhance how you lead people. So getting back to the first thing, improving clear communication, stop using vague language, stop using, even within a company, a lot of times there, there's specific language that only is particularly your company. And a lot of times, even your clients hear that and they're like, they don't have no idea what you're talking about, but you got to get super, super clear on outlining the objectives, the deadlines, be specific on the steps they need to take to get the task done. But that's just the beginning. That's just to get it started. You got to check in. Another great thing, and I know I say Ken Blanchard a lot, but uh, he's one of my, definitely one of my heroes in the thought thought space. 
but the leave alone zap. Tell me this hasn't happened to you where somebody told you something once, never mentioned it for three or four weeks, maybe even a month or two. And then they're back in front of you going, hey, what happened? I thought we talked about this. And you're like, I don't remember that. And it did happen, but you can't keep up with that. So don't let that happen. You got to check in regularly. And the other thing is think about the multiple communication channels you have through email, meetings, one-on-one sessions, text message, all different kinds of stuff, how you communicate, how things can be misconstrued, where certainly in writing, because there's so much, and you know this if, if you've done some any kind of active li- listening classes, when you talk about body language, and voice tone, and all that kind of stuff. But man, things written down can surely be taken out of context so quickly. And really think about how you're communicating and leave the door open. Because here, here again, when you're paying your people to guess, one thing you got to say is, hey, if I ever send you something and it doesn't sound like something I would say, or you're not clear on it or whatever, and it's, you know, we're not in the same space. So you think about emailing or texting or whatever, you're not in the same place. Ask, ask me, I want to make sure we're clear on that and make it sure it's okay. Like, make sure it's like they feel like it's okay to ask and they don't feel like they're bothering you and, and kind of have that trust bridge built that they can do that. Next thing, when we talk about aligning expectations and setting realistic goals and things like that, because this is usually the biggest thing that, that, that really trips teams up is what's a realistic goal? What is not? What is stretched too far? Is it too little? You know, all that kind of stuff. But that comes back to really understanding the capabilities of your team and uh, and really setting some achievable goals. But you kind of want to start with uh, maybe some smaller ones and kind of work your way up. But have transparent discussions. Have open conversations about what is expected from each team member. One of the best things you can do, and I know people feel like they're having meetings to death, but if you start doing meetings to where they have a purpose of moving the, the, the needle, moving the ball forward, whatever analogy you want to use. But at the same time, people have to bring something to the meeting, meaning they have to bring, hey, here's what I'm working on. Here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm going to be by the time we have our next meeting or here's where, what I'm working toward. And like every meeting, you, you start with, hey, last week you said this. How's it going? What are the, you know, what's, what's any gaps, any issues, whatever. And, but just kind of keep that flow each meeting of, yeah, we're, we're getting better. We're, we're achieving more. Here's what I'm working on. Can you really do that? Cause you have to regularly review the goals, not just at the end or, oh, don't even get me started on the issues with evaluations where, nothing was ever said for six months or a year, depending on when you get it. And then all of a sudden you turn around and there it is, this issue on your resume or not your resume uh, on your evaluation. And uh, you never heard about it. And it's like, what the heck, where did this come from? So don't ever do that. That's like one of the worst things you could do. So you got to address and go moving on to number three, you got to address insufficient training and resources. You've got to find a way even if your company won't provide it, you can do team mentorships with each other. You know, somebody on your team, you know, pair people up if it came to that or do training as it's happening. 
but certainly find some resources and because almost every large company certainly has them, but maybe you work for a small company or maybe you work for, unfortunately for a company that's not providing anything and you want to start thinking about, hey, there are some things you can do, even though they're on your own, that, hey, you can learn. And honestly, if you really, if somebody's really struggling with something and you say, hey, you know what? I watched this YouTube video or this TikTok video on how to do this. They're probably going to go watch it. Now, if you approach it from, well, if you want to get better, if you want to get a raise or a promotion, you're going to do X, Y, and Z, and you're going to do it on your own time. They're not going to do it. But if you really just offer it as a, hey, here, here's here's something that's free you can do in just a few minutes. That you know that kind of thing um, really has a lot of mileage to it. To really um, think about where you can find these things and have these tools and and, and things like that. The next thing, when you're talking about boosting engagement and motivation, and again, um, the motivation thing, you really got to know that coming in that your team is wanting to win. Now, a lot of you, I would say the overwhelming majority of you probably didn't pick your team. And if you did, boy, you sure, you're lucky. But a lot of times, because either you're hired in to run a team or do something like that, or maybe you're promoted from within, but you're moved to a different spot. Or I mean, there's a, there are kind of different scenarios with that, but rarely do you really pick your own team. So a lot of that can be kind of hard to do, but what you really can do regardless of any of that is set, when you think about your, your strategy of your department and your culture and what you allow and don't allow, those boundaries you can set for sure. So when you think about individual drivers, you know, you got you to kind of start figuring out what what motivates each team member, you know, whether it's career growth, learning opportunities, uh, creative freedom. And a lot of times, a lot of companies will want to say, hey, who wants to advance in their career? And quite a few people say no, but they want to do new things. And there, there's a big difference there where you can really keep people engaged by giving them new tasks. In other words, they're not making the same widget for 10 years. And they're going to check out, phone it and all that. So don't don't misconstrue career advancement with a promotion. Because sometimes, a lot of times, people don't even want to be promoted. They just want new stuff. They want to learn something new. They want to have a new responsibility. Next thing, create a positive work environment. I hope if you're doing this, um, I, would, I would imagine that would be, well, I, you know, honestly, I shouldn't say that should be a given. Because again, I'm, you know, I just violated number two where I was thinking you should just know it. But a positive work environment isn't about um, sunshine and rainbows. It is not about group hugs, that kind of stuff. A positive work environment really comes about, you're building a culture of respect, of collaboration, of open communication, of how you treat each other. That's the positive work environment that, really, again, you think about, you know, something went wrong do you knee-jerk react to i can't believe they did that again or wow this is not like them i wonder what happened and you go find out that is how you create a positive work environment how you approach stuff and lastly under the boosting engagement empowering your team members there is nothing more powerful than autonomy. People want to be able to, yeah, they want to make a difference and all that, but they want to know that they, they're allowed to. Like when they're explaining to you, think about it. When they're explaining to their friends and family, what do I do for a living? 
And they got to be able to say, hey, I've got I've got some real influence here. And, you know, you don't have to be a manager in charge to do that, that they can really affect a customer. Uh, they can they can um, affect somebody's lives. You're talking about if you're in the healthcare industry, if you're in a hospital, you can really affect somebody's health uh, because you have the autonomy to do so. You think about things like that. People need that in order to feel connected. So don't get so wrapped up in, oh, I got to motivate them and really, you know, just the rah-rah thing, because that's not a real thing. What you really have to do is how do I create a condition where everybody's habits and behaviors and all that can come alive in, in what I've done. And then the last thing in enhancing feedback and recognition, it's got to be constructive feedback that really helps if it's something where you need improvement. It can't be, you know, this, this example, I always think about, uh, I was a high school wrestling coach for quite a while. And um, it, during a match, because it's a six minute match. And if there's ever a break in the action, there's very, very little time between the time it stops and the time it starts again. They don't like, like in football, when a play stops, sometimes there could be a minute or two that goes by before they do another play when they're talking. That does not happen in wrestling. It is like, go, go, go. So when you think about like they go out of bounds and they got to go back to the center, there's only a few seconds. And, I, and I'm, I'm always overwhelmed. And I used to be guilty of this too, of the, the coach would be yelling, what are you doing? Don't do this. You only have a couple of seconds. And you think about how are they processing that? So the whistle blows and they know what to do. And yeah, I mean, I know you're not in combat at work, but when you think about the time in between when something's going on and you want it to be better, you have an opportunity with strong words, with strong affirmation of where they need to go. Like I always talk about, talk about what the behaviors you do want, and that's where your team will gravitate toward. So when you think about constructive feedback, talk about what you want. Next, you got to recognize achievements, obviously. But like I said, don't get so wrapped up in, I've got to create this massive ticker tape parade for every little thing. You don't. Now, some things are huge and you should, but most things are just people just want to be acknowledged. They, they just want a quick high five, that kind of thing. But it's got to be, it can't just be, oh man, we really just like you, Bill. It can't be that. It, it's got to be specific. What did they do and how does it affect the team? And thank you. And that's, that's where you get to the personalized appreciation because you got to understand something. Not every team member wants to be recognized in front of people. A lot of people, they get embarrassed by it. So don't be thinking, oh, I've got to, you know, get on a loudspeaker and embarrass somebody and make them feel you know, like the whole team's watching. Some people really hate that. So get to know your people and they'll tell you, just ask them. Don't make it complicated. Just ask. But if you work on these five things and you can do this this week, little tiny steps, you would be, you'd be amazed at, at where you could go. Um, you can significantly improve your leadership effectiveness for sure, because it's really about creating the environment where you have clear communication, aligned expectations. You got to get some adequate training and resources. Again, even you got to do it in the moment sometimes and just be a good mentor and you get some high engagement motivation. And when you're doing all those things and then you top it off with really giving good, effective feedback that really helps people move forward and recognition are normal, that is when your team can really take off to the next level. So what did we learn today? 
how did you grow just a little bit? Or more importantly, how can you help someone else grow? That's the whole point of Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, hit that subscribe button. Tell all your colleagues and friends and neighbors all about the show. Give us comments, feedback, things like that. We will grow together and we will see you next week on the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast.